Yeah. All right. Okay. Man, uh, <laughs> it took us a lot to get here. Yes. Okay, are you ready, Sid? I'm good. All right. You going to do it with me? Yep. Uh, welcome back Sorry. to another episode of The Highlight Reel. As you can see or as you can hear, I have a special guest with me today, so I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself. Go ahead. Hi, everyone. My name is Sydney Evans. I work as a researcher and community navigator for the Case Comprehensive Cancer Center. Mm -hmm. We'll unpack that in a yeah. second. Um, but I'm also a social work student at the Jack Joseph Mendel School of Applied Sciences. Yes. Of course, studying social work. Yeah. And my concentration is community practice for social change. And I'm also a community health worker through the Ohio Board of Nursing. Okay. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Yep. Thank you for breaking that down. We are going to unpack plenty of that in a second. So, Sid, um, I wanted to at least first off break down what it is that you studied at um, Kent that kind of got you interested in that. And then what are you currently studying, again, at Case Western Reserve so we can, like, It'll paint the full picture. So okay. go ahead and break that down for us. So I have to start with I am a Cleveland kid, born and raised in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Went to high school <laughs> at the Cleveland School of Science and Medicine at the John Hay campus. Um, from there, I was a first-gen um, college student. Yeah. Um, and I went on to Kent State University where I studied public health. And my concentration there was community health outreach and development. And that's also where I earned my certifications as a community health worker. Okay. All right. And then what, do you, what is it that you study at Case Western right now? So I'm studying social work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So um, what is it that made you want to get into this field in the first place? So with, um, with my transition from public <coughs> health to social work, I think about public health as like what? Like what is going on? Yeah. What are people doing? Um, in the field, they call them phenomenons. Okay. So different behaviors that people um, do. Um, but I kind of got tired of talking about what, you know, identifying things but not necessarily learning how to undo them or help people through, you know, adversity and challenges that they were facing. Mm. Um, so during the pandemic, um, that was our junior year, the end of our junior year and our whole senior year. <laughs> Um, and I remember going back home mm -hmm. and um, being at the kitchen table and just, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm about to enter into the job force in a little bit. And so I decided to updo my resume and just get on LinkedIn and get all those things together. Okay. Um, and when I got on there, I saw an advertisement for future change makers of tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> um, through the program, mm. um, through Case's um, social work program. So I clicked on it, and I saw, you know, the different people who graduated from the school or the different concentrations that they had. And from that moment, I knew that I wanted to focus on people and how to help people. Um, and so what I think about <clears throat> social work is the um, how. You know, how do we make these programs? How do we research this stuff? And so we went from what? to how um and so yeah okay all right and so because like as we were talking earlier and you were telling me some of the stuff that you do like you were telling me a program about how you work with barbers to basically spread information about like prostate cancer and things yep. like that so like dive into that a little bit because when you were breaking it out to me i was thinking um 
that sounds really out of the box and I would never think of something like that. But mm-hmm. I can also see how it's effective just because a lot of older gentlemen probably be in barbershops, right? And a lot of older men, men period, and a lot of older men, they kind of don't want to get that check. They don't want to, like, they might not know about that or they don't want to, mm-hmm. but I think that is a, that's a nice place to kind of, like, spread that seed, like, to just plant that seed so it can spread. Yep. So it's, like, explain what made you kind of decide to go with the program in that in that direction. Okay. So the program itself <laughs> is called the Cleveland African American Prostate Cancer Project. Yeah. So if you hear me say CAP, that's the acronym. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and so the CAP program is a prostate cancer screening and education program for black men 40 years and older in the greater Cleveland area. Okay. Um, so I work as a community navigator, and I make sure that men who come into, it's a study, mm. um, men who come into the study are okay from their head to their toes. Um, mm-hmm. And as far as arranging transportation, electrical housing, um, plumbing, um, connected them to primary care, connected them to um, screening tools, and all these different things. But I also provide um, training to barbers to become lay health advisors mm-hmm. in the area of prostate. Um, and so I just help mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, in the community. Um, right now we're in the process of uptaking these barber shops uh, and just trying to get a lot of the barbers on board. Um, but the reason why the program is kind of centered there is because the barbershop has been the longest lasting business within the black community. It has provided individuals with entrepreneurship and a space to just be together in a space to, you know, just be and just shop talk and all these different things, whether you are three years old versus, you know, 40 or 50. <sighs> This is where black men come together in order to share information, um, you know, talk about sports and all of these different things. So when, you know, people think about community, you know, it's two trains of thoughts that people have about community. Some people see community as like a physical location, but community can also be a feeling. Of course, yeah. And people aren't going to feel like they're a part of community unless they have a buy-in. So I'm that bridge between the healthcare system, knowing what's going on with the research side and the healthcare system, but also bringing that information to the people. Um, and one of the things that I really like about social work and just myself in um, particular is that I just feel like I can talk to so many people and just resonate with them and be able to have, you know, intellectual conversations, sports conversations, just all of these different things um, Mm. and Mm. really bring people on one page. But also when I'm talking to the community members, I'm bringing that information back to these hospital systems and these researchers so they can understand what are people going through. So example of how um, me and my team, I have to give a shout out to my team. Okay. Um, You know, um, my um, current boss and supervisor, um, Miss Christina Austin, Mm -hmm. amazing. She leads the COE initiative, who is like community outreach and engagement for the Cancer Center. Um, But then I have my program um, um, director. Her name is Rebecca Miller. Both black women, extraordinary. Um, And we have a new... Uh, team member uh, Calvin Isaac Torrance, who is also working as a community navigator with me, mm. uh, and he's a black man. Okay. 
Beautiful. This so, is, wow. Yeah. There was so much <laughs> to, <laughs> to get from that. So you were saying, I, I've never actually thought about the fact that um, a barbershop, you said that's the like longest standing business within the black community. Yes. I did not think and about that. I forgot one point. <laughs> Barbary has been very tied to the medical system since its inception. How? So that's why people have to get trained in order to be barbers or like hairstylists. Wow, um, yes. Yeah. So there's there's always been a coordination between the two fields, but it's just proper documentation of that and, you know, cultural aspects of it that plays a role as as well. So so with this project, did you you kind of had a a range of like choices where you could take it and how you could go about it and you chose barbers. Like you chose to go that so, route. So how I landed on this program is that as far as my education with the social work school, mm. um, the f first year that you come in, you have to complete what are called field hours, which okay. are times working with the organization in order to um, up your trade or like, you know, learn these skills in real time. Um, and so my first place um, placement was the case comprehensive cancer center and i was also the first intern to intern within this department as well okay um and so i worked my butt off I'm yeah. Not even yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i really i really worked my butt off um and i really um took the opportunity to learn a lot from miss austin um or chris um and she was she embodies everything that i would want to be she's okay. a, a marketing social worker um, and it's really important mm. because you can provide inf information to individuals, but if it doesn't look good, if if they can't understand the language on it, if they can't, you know, even feel like they can utilize this information, yeah. you know, it goes to bust. And so um, she embodied everything I wanted to be. Um, and so when the summer came, and I'm talking um, summer 22, yeah. um, and this um, position became available I applied um, and I was already an intern within the office kind of working through what is CAP and just defining the mission of it and just working with the uh, initial research team yeah. and so when the community navigator role uh, was offered I definitely jumped on and applied um, and so that's why I'm in the position where I work full-time and I go to school full-time okay um because we'll definitely touch on that a little bit in a yeah. second. Because um, it was just interesting to see how you tied all that together. Because these are these are things that make sense to me, but I've never thought about them in that way. It's like, mm -hmm. of course, I think about barbershops as a community because that's where you know that's where a lot of people will go. You know, like you were saying, they'll just talk sports, they'll talk life, talk men, talk women, talk whatever. And it's like it's a it's a place. Uh, it's a physical location where community happens mm -hmm. but it's also a feeling that you get when you walk in mm -hmm. so that's why i was like when you first brought this up i was like hold up You're trying to show people like to teach people about prostate uh you know prevent like prevention health and everything and prostate cancer through a barbershop it sounded it sounded really weird when you first said it yeah. but then i said hold up hold up, hold up but that's actually really clever <laughs> and then to even take it a step further how barbers do barber anybody that works in like uh, skincare cosmetics anything like that you have to get certified yes it's like wow that is at the root of it and for for people to even be at a barbershop you have to get the um the certification part process mm -hmm. done before you can even 
like really contribute to that community as a barber because you have to at least know what you're doing first and then everything flows from there and i have to say that this initiative like the concept of this came from a barber who sat on our community advisory working group we call Mm. it a cog and so his name is um waverly willis and we also have um another barber um his name is milano okay um but known as milano barber to the stars i have to say that (laughs) um and so they influence and they help us kind of guide where this project goes and we also did something called listening tours so we went on tour to different uh, community centers or religi- uh, religious um, places, um, and we asked community members, what do you know about cancer? What do you know about prostate cancer screening? Yeah. How do you feel about the healthcare system? Do you think that a program like this would you know, help? You know, What other feedback can you give us? And so this initiative is for the people by the people and that's what makes this type of research very unique because the people shape it and so we're not going out like basically we're not saying oh this is your problem this is your problem it's like no give me your problem and we'll solve it like Mm. and so it it already builds another layer of trust and another layer of you know people wanting to participate Mm. okay um (laughs) <laughs> you are breaking it down. <laughs> like you're breaking some stuff down. All right. So uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask is um, basically, is this? I'm 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 pretty sure I know the answer, but this seems to be very fulfilling for you because I know some people would maybe think that certain fields are just bland, but I feel like this is interesting to see how you put kind of your own little twist on it and what you can do or what people can bring to the work that they do to make it more fulfilling Mm -hmm. for them because it's like obviously to see how this affects black people black men and to see that how you can relate because like you were saying in these spaces you can talk to people understand people and get to know who they are and like their needs and bring a solution to the issue it's like it i see how that would make you feel good because you do feel like you're doing something whereas i know some people might feel like this is boring or they might think like what what can i even do with that it's like very uh what's the word like not monologue but it's just very like bland you know yeah, what I mean? and yeah. i think it's with our generation like mm. we view these corporate jobs <laughs> yeah. as something that we don't want to participate in and i just feel like you have to find your people yeah. within you know whatever space that you're in but what's fulfilling to me is like i really gained this through my social work uh education is that people are the experts of their own stories <laughs> and that people are entitled to feel however they want to feel Right. Um, and that you can be the person who basically, if you have a seat at the table, they got a seat at the table too. If you manage your relationship with them correctly, you, you, it's another thing. Is that <laughs> <laughs> the people put you on. You don't put yourself on. The people put you on. Right. You are only as good as the people. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I feel pride and joy in what I do because. You know, just being from here, that could be me. It's a series of life choices that I've made in order to, you know, get myself to this to this level. Mm-hmm. But that could have been me. Yep. And so it's humility in that. And it's a lot of just, you know, wanting to basically help my little piece of the world. I know I can't fix everything. Yep. <laughs> and, like, help everybody. 
But, you know, people who I come in contact with, if I'm able to, you know, get them resources that they need or educate them in order for them to understand Mm -hmm. basics of health, Mm -hmm. people should be going to see a primary care provider. Not because, you know, um, not because... Mm -hmm. It's, you know, health recommendations, but one day, God forbid, if something happens to you, you have to be able to establish a baseline of your health. Yeah. So comparing four years ago, you to, you know, you now coming in with like COVID or just something that's happening to you, your medical team is literally going to throw things at you and hope that it sticks because they don't have a good established, you know, plan of how they can treat you because it's not like you got a physical last year Mm -hmm. it's not like you know it's a deeper um yeah it's deeper than that and one more (laughs) gym for these i'm really trying to help these young people um if you do not see your primary care provider or your your physician Mm -hmm. uh in three years you're considered a new patient Mm -hmm. so that's why that upkeep is very important um Oh, man. I could get healthy, like now you're, real. <laughs> I think this is important. I think this is no. I actually think this is very important because um, I know a lot of um, black people within the black community. Well, obviously, a lot of people within the black community will. You know, we don't like go to the doctor, go to the dentist, just stuff like that. Because it's like I don't need to go, and I'm uh, I've fallen under that. It's like uh, I don't need to go to the hospital. Like yeah. I cut myself deep. I'll heal. <laughs> like yeah. you know what I mean. And like, this another thing of like seeing. Black people, we work so hard. And to make it to the later stages of our life and not have a quality of life, mm. that is just like, I can't, I can no longer sit and see that. And I usually define that as people's purposes. Mm-hmm. Like, your purpose is something that you can no longer see exist in the world. Like, you are not rocking with this mm. no more. <laughs> and so, that is one of the things that, you know, whether you know, right now I'm working in cancer care, but I'm I'm willing to branch out to other places because disparities exist in multiple pockets. But it takes people bringing together people and mm-hmm. not thinking, oh, I'm going to fix this by myself. No, you have to bring the people together. Yeah. Like the Constitu- Constitution says, we the people. Yeah. Without the people, there would be no we. Right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. Wow. Um so I think I was going to maybe try and wait to get into this, but everything that you're saying um, is reminding me of our time in the STARS program at Kent State, <laughs> which um, makes me really happy, and uh, it makes me very proud of you because a lot of the things that we learned, I feel like I literally hear you practicing it. Like, of course, Sankofa, go yeah. back and fetch it, right? So it's like, and pull as you climb, so, because it's, um, it's like as you learn more um, within this system and you learn everything, you're trying to give back the resources so people can better their lives because as you were just saying, um, like you want to see these disparities like end. You want to help as much as you can. Yeah. So to, to hear you say everything and to see you so passionate about it and to act on these things, I feel like I literally see you embodying a lot of things that we learned. Um, plus it's like obviously appreciation for black people. Like how do mm-hmm. we help? how do we help ourselves and I, I see that what you're trying to do is help help people help themselves right yes so it's it's just <clears throat> it's beautiful to hear all of these things come from you and uh like basically how would you i want you to describe how 
us going through the STARS program mm -hmm. influenced you and has impacted you? And I think, real quick, we got to break that down, what the STARS program is. Yes. So, um, basically, Sid and I went through a program in, at Kent State where we got to go to school, we got to go to college um, early, and we essentially were in class all summer, like the summer after we graduated high school. Shout out 2017. Yeah. Um, so the summer after we, the summer we graduated, at least for me, it was like about two weeks after I graduated. Yeah. We was no. in stars. <laughs> yeah. And so essentially, the summer after you graduate, you know, you have a choice where you can go to, you can maybe just go home at work or go to school early, whatever. We chose to go to school early. Mm -hmm. And in this program, it was like a very enriching and cultural program where we learn more about our history. And I feel like a lot of the colleagues in my brain started to turn because I remember one of the first things that we learned in STARS was one thing that was so simple but sounded so profound was thinking of black people as slaves when they were enslaved. Yes. Just hearing something like that, I was like, wow. Yes. So this was like, that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg of what we, uh, what happened in this program. But in this program, we learned community because mm -hmm. we couldn't. You know, we couldn't go nowhere with that yeah. <laughs> buddy system, all that stuff. <laughs> I just feel like so much of what we learned um, is showing through, like, even though that was six years ago. Yeah. So long ago. I think it was so strong that it shows through in what we do. Mm -hmm. So um, how did that program impact you and influence you and in what in the work that you do now? Well, it has deeply influenced my research um, as far as when I write my academic papers, personal papers, anything, I write from a very strong um, Afrocentric mindset mm. um, and bringing in different things like W.E.B. Du Bois Double Consciousness, mm. um, bringing in, you know, Booker T. Washington or my favorite, my woman crush every day, mm. Ida B. Wells Burnett. Like, yeah. that is my girl. But bringing in all of these different figures and history into a space that you know, only capitalizes off of Eurocentric views or, you know, white philosophers or uh, white educators or theorists. Mm -hmm. um, and so I bring that cultural lens mm -hmm. um, in that, you know, um, we're in a time right now where individuals are trying to erase our history. Mm -hmm. Oh, my um, And understanding the value and keeping, keeping that within that academic space. Um, and so, you know, people often talk about, you know, critical race theory mm. and they have deemed it as something that is completely not critical race theory stems from something called critical social theory. And it's the ability to look at systems, um, look at systems as something that perpetuate racism versus individual people. Mm -mm, right. There's systems that are in place that are creating these disparities for people. Right. But without that education, people mm -hmm. think that it's one person. Um, and this is something that, you know, my my family says or like, you know, other people say it. Um, but, you know, within where we're at, they call it like um, the fox of the north uh, and the wolf of the south. And that. Within the north, you know, foxes are sly. So they're not overtly, you know, racist or like, you know, <laughs> trying to, you know, really undo what you're trying to do. But the wolves, um, they cut it. 
So that's why you see stuff happening in Florida. That's how you see it happening in Alabama and um, um, Georgia mm-hmm. and all these different places because they're cu- cutting it. You're saying it's more blatant in the yeah. south and it's more subtle in the north. Yeah. And mm-hmm. with all of that, it's different policies and procedures. <clears throat> and so who is going to be the person who understands that? Who is going to be the person who ties both of these identities together? Right. And so that's where, you know, I use that Pan-African, because those are, that is factual, factual information. Right. And so undoing a lot of that stuff within research or, you know, other people's researching opinions and stuff like that, that is where stars has kind of helped me, you know, have that confidence of like, mm-mm, mm-hmm. mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, we not going for this, like, yeah. and really um, utilizing the words of the people and being able to how to utilize that information. So that's kind of where my stars connection is. Yeah. Uh, and I have to, you know, say another thing as far as, um, Shout out to Afia Bochi. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> um, and um, Courtney Tate mm-hmm. and and um, Jackie and Charity and um, those women were very monumental for me in the beginning of my um, collegiate career because um, you know I don't know if I shared this with many people, but my freshman year I was gonna drop out. I was about to. I don't think I get up that. out of there. Okay. Um, I was a nursing major. Right. I I hated nursing. Um Why? and so cuz I, I ask questions about everything right. and that you know those programs are really cut and dry. Like I want to know where a BMI comes from. Mm. Who made a BMI? Mm. Who who decided that this is going to be the the standard of how we do um body mass index yeah. like yeah, yeah. who does that? And yeah. they did not have enough time in order to, you know, Property. It was like this is just how it is. It's yeah. not like what the why behind it. Right. Right. And so I remember having, um, you know, just feeling like, okay, I'm about to pack my stuff tomorrow, but I'm about to have dinner with my girls <laughs> today. <laughs> and so I remember sharing, like, you know, I'm about to get up out of here. Like, I'm about to go back to Cleveland. I'm about to go make some money. Like, you know, that was just my mindset. And so it was one of those things where it's like, okay, girl, like, just give it one semester. Like, you still got your A. My GPA was bad. Let me say that, too. Really? My GPA was bad. Whoa. It was I, bad. I, yeah. had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. Okay. Um, I and so, that. Um, okay. having that conversation with them, stay one more semester. Um, during that time, also, uh, I went into my advising appointment. And she was like, "This is not the program for you." Um, and she was like, "You know what? Um, if that's the little FY FYE class or whatever." Mm. She was my <laughs> advisor and yeah. my teacher for it. She was like, "You know what? Um, I'm a I'm a let you slide." <laughs> okay. But you gotta change your major. Okay. I remember getting up, shaking that lady hand, was like, "Thank you." Right. I'm out. Mm. Uh, and then the next week, I went to a major and minor fair. Shout out to uh, Dean Pringle, Ebony mm. Pringle, because yes. uh, she she helped facilitate that whole time yeah. um, for me. Love her. Um, and so I remember getting there late because I worked at the student center. I was the person with the blue sh- blue shirt with yeah. the fanny pack. Yeah. Oh was man, me. I forgot about that. <laughs> I was yeah, me, going. operations crew, um, and 
Um, I remember walking in late because I had to go to work and this lady stopped me and she was like, you know, we we just wrapped up. Like, you know, was it something that you came here in particular for? And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I want to learn about the public health program. She was like, oh. I'm the dean of the public health program. Mm, mm. Like, oh, oh, right. Perfect. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. And so she pulled me into a classroom, and she went through, like, the course load. Um, and she was like, you know, you could graduate on time if you just, you know, stick in and do what you need to do. Mm. Um, and three years after that, I graduated with my degree on yes, time. Ma'am. Yes, um, ma'am. And so, yeah. Wow. What a journey! I didn't, I didn't know about that. Yeah. I didn't know. Um, but I'm glad that it did work out the way that it did because, uh, it like I was saying, like you started in nursing and then obviously that didn't work out for you. But from what I'm hearing is what you've been doing in the public health field and social work field sounds very impactful because, uh, like hearing, like as we were talking off camera and everything, everything that you were doing, everything that you're telling me, I was like, wow. I can tell that you love what you do. And I always am happy to see that in my friends and in my peers. It's like, I'm happy that you love what you do because if you do, then you are more likely to make an impact in that way. Cause yeah. it's like, you simply love what you do for the sake of it. So someone can feed off of that. And I wanted to be able to show people that like, I always, I'm always thought you've been cool, right? Always thought you've been cool. Always thought you was smart. So it's like to see what someone in this field looks like and to see what the work that you can do mm-hmm. and how fulfilling it can be. I think that's very important to see because, um, like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and put you on blast right quick, <laughs> real quick. So when I said I wanted to have you as a guest, you were like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm like, it's cool. I'm like, no, trust me. What you're doing, <laughs> what you're doing is important. It's very important. So I want you to hear it. Yeah. Take that. It's very important, and people also need to see, like, that they can basically see the reflection in you and understand that, okay, she's doing that, and she's making a difference. I can do that and maybe do the same thing or do something different, but a difference can be made. It doesn't have to be, because usually when you hear people in these fields, they don't look like us. Yeah. So that's why when I'm hearing you say the difference that you want to make in a barbershop, I'm like, Whoa, like if I was yeah. to be in a barbershop and I hear somebody talking about prostate cancer, I'm going to think of you now. And I'm yeah. all the way in Cincinnati, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like hearing these things, just seeing the, the seeds be planted yeah. and to see how that can grow into some beautiful tree, mm-hmm. metaphorically. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a, it's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. And I want you to hear it and just understand because... I'm, like when you said that, you was like, I don't think I'm as cool. I was like, Sid, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Like, we have stars to talk about, which has obviously impacted both of us. And then the work that you are doing is very important. Yeah. So, just wanted you to understand that. I wanted you to understand that. that. Yeah, I definitely got this grind from like my parents. I have yeah. to say, my parents and my grandma. Yeah. Like, my mom is a dialysis technician, so she works with people with failing kidneys. Okay. Uh, and my dad was a police officer for 31 years yeah. for the um, Cleveland Police um, Force. Mm. Um, and so, those were two civic-minded, community-minded people. Uh, And then on top of my grandmother, she worked uh, for the the Postal Service. Mm -hmm. Uh, But during her time there, she was a a union rep. 
Um, and so if people had grievances, like, people would come and bring it to her. And, like, it's elections and, like, all these different things. But she kind of walked me through the process of, like, how to build community and how to be, you know, how to interact with people in that manner and how to carry yourself. Like, you don't have to be, you know, bougie, stuck up, mm, you know, mm. nose up. You know, you could be doing your work with your people. But, you know, how do you foster that that respect for mm. each other yeah okay because without the people there would be no me like right. i would i would have people. no need yeah exactly. <laughs> like i would have no need exactly. um and so i have to yeah yeah my, my right yeah so and then um so obviously you're very busy because you work full-time and you're a student full-time because i think just from what i'd be saying from instagram and everything i'm like man what are you like you be doing a lot you be doing a lot um so when is it that you kind of take do you because i struggle with this myself do you take time to just rest and just be yes. for you because obviously if you're not taking care of yourself how are you gonna help the community that you're trying yes. to serve okay what does that look like so i definitely take time um me myself like i'm a very um routine person so mm -hmm. i wake up at the same time I literally eat the same thing for breakfast. <laughs> I make it to the office at the same time. Okay. Like, even when I come in, I structure my day. Like, you know, I get my emails out the way. And then I make whatever graphics I need to make. I make my phone calls to my barbers later in the day because, like, they're in shop at that point. That's, like, so, that's so cool to me, man. And so, <laughs> and so then I go and um, visit the barber shops, whatever. Come back, eat lunch with my team, work on some more work. And then I'm done with the day. Uh, I don't bring my work home. That's my hard stop. So, you know, Love probably around 6.30. Sometimes I make it out the office like 6, 6.30-ish. You know, it's a 9 to 5. Mm. Um, but sometimes it just takes me a little bit more time to get through, you know, some stuff. And I think that's where some of that, like, love and passion for it comes in. Because mm -hmm. most people, they like, it's 5 o'clock. I'm gone. Yeah, no, Sundays you, I have yeah, the days. Yeah, yeah, which I get. I, mean, <laughs> just I get days, that too. Okay. <laughs> But I think it's important because um, it's like when you stay and you're like, man, I, I want to make sure this gets done because it's important. So yeah. Continue, though. Um, and so one of the things that I've taken up within like the last month and a half is um, I go to boxing. Mm. Um, and mm. so shout out to Two Tone Boxing Club. Um, I, I be loving shout outs. But <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I go uh, and I box for like about an hour. Um, but um, the reason why I chose that is because, like, I'm not an exercise type of person, like, class type yeah. of person. Like, I need to be able to zone out and kind of mentally be able to, like, work on what I need to, like, personally work on. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's that's nice in between. And just, like, it's a it's a physical challenge and it's a mental challenge. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of unload a lot of just tension, anxiety. Uh, it also helps with, you know, sometimes I experience depression, mm -hmm. um, especially with, you know, seasonal things going on. Yeah. And so that's kind of my, my time where I'm like, huh, like, mm, you yeah, know, yeah. Get it out. let me let me go ahead and get it out. Um, and then I come home and I have a beautiful dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, um, and right now, you know, I have been blessed with the ability to move back home. 
mm-hmm. um, and be able to, you know, stack my bread or continue having guidance. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, this the Dalton thing, you know, I, yeah, this the Dalton thing is very interesting because there's so many people at different, like, facets of their 20s. Like, it's people getting married. Ooh, it's yep. people having children. Yes. It's people single and kicking it. Yep. It's some people, like, you know, it's so many different different phases that you can be in but you know to come home and just be able to you know have conversations with my parents and we've kind of have uh a unique dynamic of like you know i call them my roommates just like as a joke (laughs) (laughs) um but you know they really helped me kind of keep my head on straight and um prioritize things um as far as like my finances and stuff like that um and just understanding that this time could be used to like build and really build a solid foundation in which you you <laughs> yes. I don't want a house. I want I want a like uh, yeah, a uh, yeah 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 <laughs> and so I'm building I'm building the <clears throat> bones of what I essentially want my castle castle to be. Yeah. Um and to be able to, you know, get unique perspective on that is just definitely a blessing. Like it's such choir, a baby. blessing. See, I you preaching to the choir because I hear you full fledged. Um, and I also like how you how you phrase that. You said you've been blessed with the opportunity to yes. move back home. I know a lot of people. Got that. Not everybody has that, but not many look at it like that either. Yeah. Um, they're like, dang, I'm going back home. Because me, that's kind of how. I looked at it. I was like, I remember I used to tell my mom, like, once I'm gone, like, you're not seeing me again. Like, you know, you'll see me. In- no, not like that. <laughs> but it's like, once I'm gone, like, I'm yeah. not coming back. Yeah. But, I, um, you know, moved out, did my thing, learned a little bit. I mean, I, I was smacking the wall. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was, adulting is no game. Yeah. No game. Like, you and learn so some real stuff. That's when it's important to understand, like, what do you need not what does society make you feel like you need or you know just really hone in on like okay what do i want to where do i see myself in five years Mm -hmm. like just um and understanding that other people's testimonies does not have to compare to your own Mm -hmm. um and i've always been a person who i just i've always felt different than Mm -hmm. other people Mm -hmm. because like other things that people care about i don't like I really don't like and it's just like it's I would say the biggest thing that I have learned within my my college journey especially like undergrad Mm. is the definition of like confidence Mm. I used to view confidence as something that's like you know what you wearing or like just external things but confidence is in you confidence is your ability to arrive in a room command attention be able to provide things for people and just you could look crusty dusty but if you (laughs) command like if you could command that and you could really be confident in how you deliver your services to people Mm. that's a whole different ball game that's a whole different thing yeah. And people sometimes people not ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes, you know, with that people underestimate you. But you can't let other people's views and other people's opinion overshadow what what purpose do you bring to the world? Mm. Wow. Want to let that rest a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, um cuz these are 
these are things that I've been learning, of course, as I've, you know, as we transition from being out of undergrad. Like, I feel like even though that was two years, it's about to be two years since then. Yeah. But it's like, there's still a transition. Because for me, I haven't gone, you know, into any higher education yet, if I decide to. And you have, but it's like, we still learn some of the same things. Yeah. So it's, uh, I just think it's very important how you, your perspective on it and how you phrase some of these things. Because like I was saying, to be blessed with the opportunity to go back home and have that guidance, yes. that's so important. That's so important because as, as I talk about all the time, choices are, you know, your choices are extremely important. People yes. think they're not. It's like, nah, mm-hmm. every, every decision you've made yeah. makes, it's like it's important. It has yeah. some weight. Not to scare you, but it, it has some weight to it. And then um, as far as like building the foundation, because I remember not too long ago I did a poll. Yeah. And I was like, it's more important to have fun or to build your foundation. And you said build your foundation. Yeah. I was like, thank you. And I think it's because, like, I I don't like the spirit of poverty. I'm going to mm-hmm, say that. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my main factors and drives. Um, but understanding when it's time to rest and understanding when it's time to, you mm-hmm. know, take a break or take a day off. Yeah. Um, but just be able to acknowledge that. And I think about in the aspect of, like, me being back home and – having this opportunity is that I don't want to be sitting on the couch. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be sitting yeah. on the couch. Like, literally, I leave at, like, 8 a.m. I'm not back till, like, 9 p.m. Yeah. Like, because I'm out here. I'm trying to stack my bread. I'm out here hustling. I'm out yeah. here making connections or, yeah. you know, doing what I need to do. Exactly. And so, for me, it's a respect level, like, both ways. Like, and, like... My parents definitely see how hard I work, and they're very proud. And so, you know, to watch them as when I was a kid, watch work 70, 80 hours a week, like, nah, I'm going to get out here and hustle because my people showed me how to hustle, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, And it's it's beauty in that. Like, it it can be, you know, (laughs) negative, overworking, like, all of these different things, but it's a beauty in being in the flow of your hustle. Mm. Like, it's just... It's just something about it. Like, it's just really something about it. And so, um, you know, just really, really, Mm. really emphasizing that, you know, I'm still a work in progress. I am not perfect from, you know, what I talked about. But, you know, it's a beauty in being a mess because one day it's going to be a masterpiece. One day my (laughs) castle is going to be built. And my empire is going to be set. And so, it's just... You're going crazy Maintaining, right <laughs> yeah, no, just maintaining that and just being, got to shout out Devon Gomez for oh, this. Oh, yes, yes. But he taught me how important consistency is. Consistency is being yeah. able to be told no and still coming back or mm-hmm. still wanting to seek knowledge on why you were told no. Mm-hmm. Not shutting down, not being stubborn, but being consistent will get you far long like farther yeah. along than other people yeah and um that's i'll say that's one of the biggest lessons i've learned too because uh um i think like last last fall i was like 170 in like august or something like that by december i was like 200 pounds some people are like dang that's a lot it's like well yeah i know but i was showing up for it like i, I yeah. knew what it take i knew what it took yeah. i knew it was gonna take me being consistent to do that also, as you've been, as I, I was talking about earlier, there are other things I'm being consistent, extremely consistent with, right? <laughs> so it's like just seeing how these results um, or seeing how being consistent can 
force you to grow and take you to places that, you know, kind of being lax about it won't take you. Because just as you saying, I got some things I'm trying to accomplish. And how am I going to do that being inconsistent? Like, yes, yeah. I need my time for rest and I will take that. But I need to I need to be consistent in some shape or form yeah. to be able to get there. But along that journey, you <clears throat> can't be discouraged if things don't work out exactly how you want it. Oh yeah, and I'm oh, a yeah. very big spiritual per- like I'm a spiritual person. I didn't have many conversations with God, and mm-hmm. I didn't have many conversations with the ancestors. Mm-hmm. And they helped me understand. Maybe, baby, this is not your time. Yeah. Maybe, maybe these not your people. Yeah. <laughs> so keep keep moving, keep working, mm-hmm. keep you know developing. Um, and I think that you know. It's important for people to share, you know, the times they got it right, but the times they got it wrong. Yeah. You know, right now, in the last month, you know, I applied to get my PhD. I was denied. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm surprised by that. Okay. Okay. So, it's a humbling experience. But best believe I'm going to be back. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm about to say best like, believe I don't I'm about to get my application. To, yeah, I'm about to get my application together. I'm going to take me a couple more classes and I'm going to be back. Exactly. And then one day I'm going to be Dr. Evans. Exactly. That's well. But That's well. if I would have just took that at face value. Mm. It's like, do you do you want it for real? Right. Yeah, that's how I see it. It's like, do you like if, if somebody told you one no and you just stopped. Like, how bad did you actually, did you really want to go for that at all? So, I feel you and I hear you. And um, you have been on fire this whole <laughs> this whole episode. Um, you've been dropping some gems. And I just wanted to say, uh, you are very cool. Oh, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know why. Like, when you said it to me, I was like, huh? What? Well, ain't no way you just said that to me. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you for being a guest because I knew he was going to drop some gems. Like, I knew that. I knew that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you knew that. So that's why I was like, Seth, let's do this. Let's do this. He was like, all right, bet. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that we met because um, there have definitely been times, like, we can laugh together, but I love how we can really get into some deep stuff because I think a lot of times we mess around talking about something deep, and then we almost have to be like, all right, we got to go. I got to go. I got to do something. You know what yeah. I mean? Because it's like we'll be talking about it for a minute. Um and again, it's like you've always been somebody that inspired me because I feel like I can see that drive in you. Like I can see that push. I feel like I've always heard you talk about the things you wanted to do and the way you kind of proclaim it. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then it comes. I'm like, I'm not surprised. Like she told me that. Like she told me she was going to do that. And that's how I like to move as well. It's like, all right, if I say I'm going to do this, I got to do it at that point. There's no point in me saying it if I'm not going to do it. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to give you your flowers. And I'm thankful that you were, that you were able to be a guest. Um, you got any last shout outs, any last words, anything like that? Man. Um one shout out that didn't make it throughout this whole video is shout out to the glamorous ladies of the glamorous Gamma Epsilon chapter of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated. <laughs> uh, I have to give a big shout out to my chapter because them the people who hold me down and they continue to hold me down yeah. and just, you know, from old heads to, you know, young Neos coming in. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful sisterhood uh, and we always learn from each other and if we don't do nothing else we always graduate so i appreciate beautiful. that um, <laughs> um trying to think of anybody else yeah just shout out to my people uh, yeah. i just want people to um 
just continue doing what they need to do. And mm-hmm. if you feel like, you know, you call to somewhere, you know, listen, you know. Yeah. Um, and ah, just ended with one of my favorite quotes. Okay. Um, Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Once again, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. And that comes from a poem called Attitude. And it just talks about how important your attitude and how your mindset is to, you know, what you're trying to do or or how you're trying to, you know, conquer. Well, thank you for that again, Sid. And thank you to the listener and to the viewer for tuning into this episode of The Highlight Reel. Again, thank you, Sid, for being a guest. I really appreciate you. Thankful to know you. And I can't wait to see everything else that you continue to accomplish and with that that's been your episode hope that you have a good one hope you hope that you could take something away from this episode and peace out